Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Woods and Waters Project. It's just me today. I thought this would be a good time to catch you up with what's up, what's new, what's coming, and a few things that are on my mind, um, just on my heart, some things I've been thinking about that I think are important to share. And yeah, so let's just, let's get into it. So what's up? Currently, I am in Southeast Iowa, (laughs) sitting in my truck in the pitch dark while Jacob and a friend of ours, um, Coon Hunt, Jacob is getting ready for some pretty big state and national coon hunts his dog snitches get stitches yes that is her name snitches get stitches (laughs) she is looking awesome and doing great so he's doing a little uh friendly competition tonight and i'm actually sitting in the truck because i wanted to get caught up on some work and some podcast stuff and i thought this would be a good time to just get some thoughts out and just catch up with you guys tell you what's going on. Uh, I've only done one solo episode in the past and I don't know if you guys like these or not. I hope so. Uh, But I I feel like there's a lot of good stuff coming uh, for you here (laughs) for the next 20, 25 minutes, half an hour. Let's see how big of a rant I go on. But currently we are just getting into spring turkey season here in Iowa. Jacob and I actually taught our first class together in partnership with the Iowa DNR. We taught a six-hour intro to turkey hunting course uh, in my hometown, DeWitt, Iowa, actually. And it was awesome. We had never taught a class together. We've both mentored and taught classes before. Uh, but doing that together was really special. It was, it was a really neat experience. And 
it was very humbling and I was so inspired by the class that we had. Uh, it was 11 people. It was almost evenly split uh, male to female, which was awesome. And the age range was from 29 to, I'm going to guess, upper 60s at, in, in that range. So there was like a 30-year gap between the, the participants, which was super cool. We did a survey ahead of time where we got to know a little bit about their experience and we and we got to talk to each person a little before the class started and their reasons for wanting to be there were so cool. There was a few people who really uh, want to be able to uh, kill and prepare and you know from beginning to end manage where their food comes from. That was a popular one. Uh, some have really gotten into hunting and just really wanted to learn how to turkey hunt. Some have a property of their own and there's turkeys there and they don't know where to start. Uh, some people just really want to get into it, but they just don't have a mentor. So on that message, you know, on that point, I would say if you're out there and you're listening and it's a lot, it's a lot. And like, let me, let me say, it's really hard to be a mentor for a lot of reasons because we're all really busy. We all have a lot going on. We all have our own things. It's probably hard enough for you to get out and hunt yourself as much as you want, let alone take someone else out. And I'm right there with you. Like I struggle with that sometimes where I just want that time for myself, but, uh, and you need to have that. You need to keep that for yourself. But if you're listening right now and you think that you could teach somebody a little something in a safe way related to hunting or fishing or whatever that is, I would encourage you to be a mentor uh, from time to time. Be a part of different forums, online forums on Facebook or uh, social groups or offer, you know, to take people hunting. Um, I, I just really encourage that. You don't have to be the expert. Just be honest and own the fact that you're not the expert, but here's what I know and take them out. Uh, honestly, it's probably going to make you more relatable and they're going to remember that for forever. I can't tell you what it's meant to me in words uh, the last few years of really putting myself out there and mentoring people, whether in archery or taking them hunting. And it's really been life-changing and just really solidifies uh, how much I, I love the outdoors. And it makes me fall in love with it more. And it just has really been worth it to me to take a little bit of my own personal time to help others. I wish I had more time to give sometimes. But I would just really encourage you to reach out to people and take them hunting. Take them fishing. It was amazing, guys. Like... It was, it did so much more for me, I think, than I probably did for the participants. And it, it was just such a neat experience. Um, coming up in two weeks, I'm actually going to be teaching intro to archery, intro to bow fishing, and intro to bow hunting. Uh, another program through the Iowa DNR, Becoming an Outdoors Woman. I'm pretty nervous <laughs> about it, but I'm also very excited. This is what I've wanted to do. I've wanted to help teach classes. I've wanted to encourage people to go hunting, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one mentoring, and it's actually happening, but it makes me want to throw up. <laughs> it makes me so nervous, but it is helping me with my public speaking, I suppose. So uh, more classes to come. There's going to be a bow hunting class this summer. Probably going to do an all-women's one, possibly a co-ed one as well, uh, or one or the other. 
going to be opening up more of my intro to archery classes throughout the year. Going to try to make some time to go turkey hunting for myself in the next few weeks. Hopefully we'll be going this weekend down in southern Iowa. There's just so much going on right now. On top of it, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I need to take a step back and think about this. But Jacob and I are thinking about doing the camper life part-time. Uh, living in a camper for six to eight months of the year. That is something we are genuinely considering. And I almost made a purchase and bought a camper trailer. I drive a Toyota Tacoma, so it needs to be relatively small, but it is just the two of us with, with our dogs occasionally as well. Um, but yeah, that might be something that's happening in the next month or so. I'm not sure. We might back out. I don't know. If anyone has like some crazy stories about that, I used to listen to this awesome podcast, but they actually, the podcast is not on anymore. It was called Women on the Road. It was my favorite. Uh, it doesn't exist any longer. And if anyone has a good podcast to listen to that's about living life on the road or living in a camper or any advice or things I could listen to, please send them my way. What I was recently up to, if you guys follow along with me on social media at all, there's a little mention of it in previous podcast episodes as well. I was out in Missouri and South Dakota with Jacob and SD Waterfowlers for a total of, I think I was gone for almost a month with them. Uh, I, I was working remotely during the day and then early in the morning or after I was done with work, I would go scout for them, help them scrape spreads, put decoys out, uh, just help them with miscellaneous things, move trailers, um, whatever they needed. I kind of acted as their apprentice or really their grunt worker, but I really wanted that exposure and experience. I don't necessarily want to be a snow goose guide, even though I do really love it. And snow goose hunting is something special and a level of hard work that I think a lot of people don't understand. And I would love to have a whole episode just on that. Uh, just, just what, from an outsider's perspective, snow goose hunting can just look like this pile of thousands of birds coming in and, and they make it look so easy uh, where it's just, there's so much more to it than that. But I've really enjoyed myself. I really enjoyed getting away from my laptop sitting all day and I am getting a wicked toe cramp. Holy moly. Does anyone else get those? My dad and I both get them and they could just about knock me on the floor. But I really enjoyed myself and being able to, maybe someone out there can relate, where I'm working eight, nine, 10 hour days on my laptop, sitting there, and then being able to just like walk away and completely forget about the work and do something with your hands and something more physical is very therapeutic. And so I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. Even though I was working basically most of the day um, in some capacity, I really enjoyed the transition from being on the computer to actually like out in the weather, out in the wind, whether it was hot or cold, uh, putting decoys out, scouting. I just really enjoyed myself. I loved it. And that brings me to my next thing. <laughs> One of my next adventures. So this year I'm going to be 30 and 30 is so young, right? But for a really long time, 
30 has been that age where, hey, I'm going to like make something of myself. By 30, I'm going to have this house and this much money and this life and all these things. And what I would have said when I was 16, I'm going to have when I'm 30. I really, I really don't have much of that. I really don't have those things. That's really not how my life has, has panned out. But at the same time, I don't know if I even want those things that I thought I wanted. I've, I've really found that so much of the last few, few years of my life has been undoing all the things I worked so hard to get because I realized once I got them, they weren't really for me. They're not really what I wanted. Some of them I, some of them I want, um, but maybe in a different, in a different way, or I don't know if anyone else out there can relate. But you're, you, there's this picture of like what happiness and having your shit together looks like. And it's so much money in your bank account and having a nice vehicle and having a, a husband or a wife, having children and having this kind of nine to five job and a 401k and travel when you can. And there's, you know, there's just this kind of picture everyone paints that, you know, even if you're not happy, you're doing all the right things. And I, I, I just have a big issue with some of that because if that makes people happy or if people are happy in their circumstances, that makes me happy for them. But I had a lot of those things once upon a time and it, I just wasn't happy. And maybe that's some internal stuff I have to work through, but I've always felt like I was made for something a little different. I was made for something a little bit more crazy and <laughs> off the beaten path. And I, I wish I would have really been more brave and opened my eyes sooner to try things. And it's hard. It's hard to stay in ex the exact same position you are. And it's also hard to try new things. It's hard to fail. It's hard to stay the same. It's hard to do the things everyone wants you to do. And it's hard to break the mold and go off on your own and, and rub everyone the wrong way. It's all of it's hard. All of it's hard. And I respect whatever anyone's decision is, you know, whichever hard they choose. Life is hard. Life is hard. But something I decided I'm going to do with turning 30, something that I talked about, but really downplayed because I'm like, who the hell am I to even do something like this? I registered to go to guide school, guys. <laughs> I'm going to guide school on my birthday. I have been researching guide schools off and on for like two years, just kind of messing around and just seeing like what that all entails. Cause I've always been so curious about it. And it just seems like such a badass far out thing because to be a guide, you don't just have to have like a good people personality. <laughs> you have to know some shit, right? You need to understand the animal behavior. You need to understand the terrain you're in. You need to be able to understand different types of people and working with them. You need to understand your equipment and the habitat, the way the animal thinks, calling, some probably some stamina and endurance with packing, 
um, just really thoughtful, intentional processes that go into being a guide, uh, whatever type of whatever type of guide that is. And I just feel like those people are are superheroes to me. They're they're incredible humans. So I said, well, that scares the shit out of me, and I'm nowhere near that. So why not? Let's just apply for guide school, and it's a guide school in South Dakota. It's a focus in waterfowl, upland, and whitetail. And uh, when I came across this one, I had been looking up one in uh, Colorado and Montana for a really long time. It costs a lot more money and it's a much longer program. And it was a lot of like packing and outdoor cooking, um, using horses, mountain terrain, which I think is freaking amazing. And actually someday if I could get myself to that place, I probably will. Uh, but when I came across this one, this was another school. It's in South Dakota. I live in Iowa, much more relatable and more of what I hunt on a regular basis. It's the terrain I'd be a part of, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm a flatlander guys. Um, and so when I came across this, it, the, the first day of guide school is on my birthday and I just took it as a sign <laughs> and I'm like, why not? So on my 30th birthday, I will be on my first day of guide school and I am so excited and it also makes me want to puke. <laughs> so there, there's that. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I can't even explain it. I, I, do, I do plan on, if you guys think you'd like to hear this, it's, it's coming either way. At the end of my day for the week that I'm out there for guide school, at the end of my day each day, I think I'm going to get on my recorder here and just give you guys a debrief of how my day went. Uh, do a series of <laughs> stuff at guide school uh, day by day and how it's going and you know, if the, if the other kids play nice or what I'm struggling at or if it's awful or wonderful or all the things mixed together. So I do plan on in July doing a week-long series where I'm not sure how I'm going to do it yet, but sharing with you guys all about guide school. So that should be a good time. <laughs> Another thing I'll probably do a little series on is in August... I will be going to Wyoming to do um, some drift boat classes. So when I was in Montana last last summer, I was just so enamored by how everyone was so capable <clears throat> capable out there. Like everyone has like serious skills, some level of survival skills. And I just thought it was amazing. And when we went fly fishing, we were on a couple drift boats. And I, I loved how awesome it was to watch our friends like manage these boats and like kind of hang up on the river so we could hit one spot real quick and steer them through the rapids and the rocks. And I just thought that was like so impressive. And probably not going to use that skill set specifically in Iowa, but... You know, these things seem to find me <laughs> and I randomly, um, or gosh, did someone send it to me? I randomly came across a clinic for learning how to run a drift boat. 
in Wyoming. So I thought, well, what the hell? So I signed up for that too. So after guide school, I will be going to drift boat training. I do plan on while I'm in Wyoming, making a little bit of a road trip. So take this full circle. If camper life does come to fruition, I'll be hooking up our camper, taking a little road trip out West, uh, doing drift boat, doing some fly fishing, meeting up with some friends out there, hopefully, and just working remotely here and there. But yeah, I do plan to make a little adventure of that in August as well. So there's a lot to look forward to. And that's just the things related to hunting and fishing. There's a lot of, you know, fun little adventures going on with our friends and family around here too. But lots of exciting things. I think a lot of growth <laughs> and a lot of pain is coming my way. Okay. A couple quick things on ethics, social media, and the hunting community. I would really like to invite somebody to do a podcast episode with me just on this subject and take this a little further. I would really enjoy that. I, I think I need a little bit of a banter, maybe a different perspective, because again, this is just my thoughts and from my personal experiences, I do not know everything. Um, definitely not, but this is just my thoughts and feelings on these subjects. So one of the things that shook me and shocked me and still does with social media as it relates to hunting in the outdoors is so many people are going to have your back and be your cheerleader. People who don't even know you are going to be like, yes, girl. Yes, man. Congrats on that buck. Congrats on that turkey. Oh, you missed? Oh, yeah, me too. Like, there is so much of that. Honestly, in my experience, there is, I'm lucky, there is so much more of that than the negativity. But the bigger you get, the more controversial you get, the bigger name you're making for yourself, you're going to have some resistance and haters. And that is, if you're doing anything right, you're probably going to have some haters. Well, I must be start starting to do things right because I'm starting to have some haters. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and I just don't know I didn't think I don't know if my heart can take it I had I had an experience where a picture of you know I've had a couple experiences where a picture of me gets uh blown up and taken out of context and I get attacked for the picture and no one understands the story. On, honestly, the ones who usually are making very negative comments have really I, no idea what's going on um, and really are not educated on the subject. Um, and they just, they take something they see, make a snap decision, and then they're, they're going to go ahead and, and make an example of you. And I've had this happen to me. And it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. I feel like I come here and try to be honest and positive and bring a pot you know just bring light in a in a great way to this this world and uh it, it really was really destroying to my soul um and i just i just want to say guys like as a hunter as an outdoorsman we already have a target on our back and you don't have to show up this picture perfect way to make everybody else happy but just really think before you post or allow other people to post because people who don't know you are waiting to hate on you. They're waiting to make a snap judgment and that sucks. That sucks so bad that we even have to worry about shit like that. 
And if, if you're listening, if you're hearing this, you know, right now and saying, hey, like, I'm not going to worry about that. Yeah, man, like, I'm, I'm with you. I'm like for that. Who gives a shit what they think? But some things get taken really far and people really just can be awful and really not think thoroughly and they can be out to hurt you. But overall, I think the outdoor industry is incredible. It's filled with amazing, badass, loving, passionate, optimistic, crazy people that I love surrounding myself with. So overall, it's a really positive experience. And I encourage people to put themselves out there and be their authentic, genuine selves. Like that's the big one. Just be yourself and the rest will fall into place. But with that being said, it's been a little over a year with the podcast and I'm really ready to get back on more regular episodes. This podcast lights me up. The guests light me up. The subject makes me feel good. And it just, I feel so accomplished when I get an episode out to you guys. Uh, I hope you enjoy them as much as I enjoy getting them out there. I want to do the best job I can. And I want to continue to do that and grow this community and get awesome information and stories out to you. So I'm kind of calling this the end of a season. I think we're going to start going into season two now. I'm going to spice things up, have more guests, more of the awesome stories, more of these incredible people, and really take you on my journey with me of becoming the badass outdoorsman I've wanted always to be. I've always wanted to be. And I hope that you know, it reaches somebody and they want to put themselves out there and do some epic shit too. I hope you all will join me on season two of Woods and Waters Project. I can't wait. Until next time, guys. 